you are listening to No PC Allowed, also known as No Political Correctness Allowed, and I'm your host, Mac Iverson. We talk about things on this show that you will not hear anywhere else. It is issues-driven more than news-driven. Today we're talking about Ukraine, just another shiny object. There are many shiny objects in the world today. The Russia hoax, the Trump impeachment, just a sampling, there's things like COVID, which has been stretched out over two plus nauseating years of perennial shiny object, uh, obliterating awareness of vital issues that actually do matter. Things like the border invasion, the fentanyl murders, the drug cartels, China, woke corporations, uh, 60% inflation, opioid addictions, people living on the streets, $7 per gallon gas prices. Smash and grab crime, corrupt DAs, riots, and the list goes on and on and on. Behind virtually all of this is Vice President Brandon. Now, I don't call him what most people call him for the reason that I don't think he's a legitimate president of the United States. We can go on to this on another podcast, but um, he was not uh, fairly elected, uh, certainly not in the states of Arizona, Georgia, or Pennsylvania, and perhaps others. So he was elected as vice president under Obama. So I call him vice president instead of president. And the Brandon part, well, we all know what that means. So vice president Brandon can't be trusted. He lies about everything, wrong decisions on everything. He lost Afghanistan in a way that would embarrass a five-year-old. By the way, a five-year-old with good, with good um, advisors, competent advisors, could have done a better job than vice president Brandon. Vice President Brandon is constantly doing China's bidding, and I believe China has so much dirt on him, enough to put him and certain members of his family in prison for the rest of their lives. So Vice President Brandon does what China wants him to do. He is the de facto dictator of the USA, in reality just a broken, controlled, stupid puppet of communist China and the globalists. Now, understanding our corrupt human nature means that in an uncovering any kind of corruption, we must always follow the money. Who benefits and who loses? If we back Ukraine, and we are, who wins? The Green New Deal wins. They, they gain powerful impetus because gas prices skyrocket to currently about $7 per gallon. Part of the Green New, uh, the Green New Deal is the electric vehicles lobby, and that industry would obviously grow tremendously as a result of people being unable to afford to drive gas cars. Also, the solar industry benefits. The entire world has not joined the boycott against Russia, so Russia can still sell oil, greatly enriching them, and the American middle class pays for it. What is Department of Transportation's Pete Budiak? I call him Budiak uh, because I think he's a disgusting, incompetent sissy. But uh, what's his solution to all this? Well, he'll tell you to buy a $60,000 electric vehicle, and we'll all be just fine. So we have lots of big-money profit centers that are being shut down or have been shut down. The Keystone Pipeline, the fracking industry, drilling in Anwar up there in Alaska. So who loses? The American middle class loses big time. We are the targets. The drive-by corporate media is obsessed with Ukraine. It seems it's all that they can talk about. Why? It's on the other side of the planet. Do I care? Honestly, no, not really. 
Most people would agree with me, but most people won't say it in such a politically incorrect fashion. The only reason why I or anyone else would care would be if some vital American interest, remember America first? Some American vital interest was at stake. None is. Is the integrity of NATO at stake even? Can NATO take care of itself, a coalition of 30 countries? We need to look at this like it's a chess game. There are two separate superpowers. There's Russia and there's the United States. Both uh, have problems, especially Russia. But then there's also China. So both China and Russia share borders. So what happens when two such countries share a common enemy? They build alliances to make themselves stronger, thus making it easier to defeat the common enemy, the USA. In my opinion, there are easily some 60 to 70 percent of elected Republicans in Congress who are not to be trusted. Many of them are rhinos, but many, even though they claim to be conservative, are simply not trustworthy when push comes to shove. They will be pushed around and do as they're told by the deep state mafia. Why? Because they've proven themselves to be cowards over the years. Will they fight, for example, our borders? No. National sovereignty? No. Lower inflation? No. Or protecting our children from child molesters and government-run schools? No. They haven't done any of this so far, so what makes you think they will suddenly wake up tomorrow and develop a moral conscience? It's simply not going to happen. Also, it is possible that China and, and Russia are in cahoots already. They have a secret pact if the U.S. fails to follow on through with Ukraine. Russia benefits from association, and China has the green light to invade Taiwan. China and Russia become the new Axis powers in a potential World War III New World Order. That is also a possibility. Even more likely, though, an attempt to cancel Russia with withdrawal of U.S. Uh, woke companies such as Pepsi, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Goldman Sachs, Burger King, Disney, Pizza Hut, Starbucks, and so on, uh, boycotts and freezing financial assets of Russia. If that works, that becomes a dry run for what they can do to manipulate conservatives here in the USA. Their cover is, well, Putin is a bad guy, so we can do this. But how do these companies that withdraw from Russia benefit? Why are they getting involved in international affairs? How does it benefit them specifically? Are we even able to fully know? This is also a wedge issue, a massive opportunity for fake conservatives and rhinos to divide the Republican Party and just in time for November's elections. To do this, the relatively minor, when viewed in terms of actual American national security interest, the Ukraine situation, has to be front and center by the corporate drive-by media, and it obviously is. This shiny, dangling, glittering object, while completely ignoring the, the vital to American national security, massive border invasion going on every bloody day. So who's to be trusted? Not the Ukraine war hawks. This is a part of the military-industrial complex that President Eisenhower uh, warned us about many decades ago that thrives on the never-ending war and conflict. As long as somebody's making a ton of money off innocent bloodshed, 
they want to keep it going without any real end. If one war, if one war ends, they want another to begin. When will real Americans wake up? Russia feels confident because of China's support. It's regional now, but potentially it is a global conflagration. More and more, Russia and China are embracing nationalism. The United States, under Vice President Brandon, is more towards corporate globalism. But nationalism strengthens societies. And so they're embracing patriotism, that being Russia and China, will end up crushing USA's New Age, one-world, watered-down civilization because Russia and China will have all the patriotic muscle, even though it's oligarchical, communist, and totalitarian. That seems to be the trend now. Look who supports all this. The entire globalist left and most of the rhinos, like Mitt Romney, Lindsey Graham, uh, Liz Cheney, etc., ad nauseum. Do you want to be on their side? Are you making millions or billions from globalism? Does that make you feel like a proud American? Then why do you support this silly war? Fox News and their obsession and twisting the arms of their talk show hosts tend to overfocus on this. Most view Ukraine intervention favorably, but there's more money and influence behind these so-called media opinions of Fox News. Where was the world outrage over Hong Kong when those citizens were screaming for, begging for help? Why the obsession over Ukraine? It makes no sense. According to analyst Jack Posobiec, the West, the Western globalization under the guise of people like Klaus Schwab and the East, led by China, wants globalization. So the West wants globalization, the East wants deglobalization, or Chinese conquest, or a new division along warlike lines, our side the West versus their side the East. More and more, Russia and China are embracing nationalism. The United States, under Vice President Brandon, is embracing corporate globalism. Now here's something that you don't hear too much about, uh, Russia's four points. Um, and bear with me, this is not going to get too much in the weeds, but uh, it, is, it is important. Four points. So point number one, this is what Russia wants. Uh, they want uh, to do away with what they call the Bucharest formula, which is basically NATO countries to be that would be bordering the southern border of Russia, Georgia and Ukraine being uh, the two main ones. Uh, it would be a U.S. Mil led, uh, US led military bloc of these two former Soviet states. And the thing with, with NATO is that if you attack one country, you attack them all. So there are some 30 countries in the NATO alliance. So if there is a border issue, let's say with Georgia uh, or Ukraine, that could bring the wrath of all 30 countries of NATO. And that's what they're worried about. Number two, they want uh, NATO to follow the NATO-Russia uh, uh, founding act of 1997, which froze missile strike and military capabilities to, the, to that act and year of 1997. Number three, the Ukraine, the Ukraine neutrality and no military alliance with NATO. Uh, Ukraine neutrality. Uh, they don't want Ukraine to enter in with NATO. Number four, denazification. Uh, 
the neo-Nazis played a role in ousting a pro-Russia government in Ukraine in 2014. And honestly, I think that that uh, four point, the fourth point there is uh, kind of a throwaway. I think it's more of a PR thing. I really don't think the Nazis are too much of a threat even on that side of the planet in this day and age. But here's the question, and those are the four points. That's what uh, what they regard as uh, Putin regards as non-negotiable points for ending the conflict with Ukraine. But if you were at Putin's shoes, how would you play it? How would you play it? Let's say that this scenario was with Mexico or Canada. And as an American citizen, how would you play it? There's a Chinese pact, for example, with those countries. And uh, China does have influence, especially in Canada, I believe, uh, with Justin Trude. Trudeau, who's just a real scumbag, um, pro-China all the way. Um, but how would you play it? If we went to war with Canada or some kind of conflict, that would bring in China, and uh, that would be like uh, World War Three. So things to think about. Um, several wars are being fought right now in Yemen and Nigeria, for example, and few even know about them. So the virtue signaling of saying, oh, we have to do this for Ukraine because it's the moral thing to do. This virtue sig signaling is not making a whole lot of sense, is it? Unless it's in terms of follow the money. A weaker America makes it easier for us to be controlled. I could spend the next 10 minutes just listing all the serious problems America has. I mean, where to start? Ukraine is simply the crisis du jour. The ultimate goal of all this is to create an exhausted civilization. Chaos in the streets, whether it be in your city or your small town. It doesn't matter. And this really is not conservative versus liberal, right-wing versus left-wing, or even really glo globalism versus nationalism, or however you want to you know, put the dichotomies. This is really God versus Satan. That's what this really is all about. And globalism is a main goal, a biblical goal of Satan. There's no meaningful public debate other than Ukraine good, Russia bad. That's it. If Vice President Brennan wants to do this war constitutionally, and of course he doesn't, then he needs to put the idea of war before Congress, and then it will be vo voted down. And then he won't get what he wants. And then he won't get what, what he wants but that was never the point anyway. Here's an excellent idea that Charlie Kirk came up with. And uh, he said that what if we just did a three-week uh, three news cycle of Chinese-sponsored fentanyl attacks upon American innocence, the murder of Americans uh, from Chinese-sponsored fentanyl that is being brought in by a bunch of mules from across the border. But China and globalist-controlled drive-by media does not care. They don't care about American innocent lives being destroyed. And that's the bottom line, and that's all we really need to know about the Ukraine shiny object. There appears to be, we appear to be at the beginning of, of, of phase two of, of global Chinese conquest. Phase one was globalism to weaken the West. 
Now phase two is building alliances for leverage to take down the weakened globalist state, weakened by a lack of Western nationalism and strong citizens. Now China and Russia want to embrace nationalism for themselves, but it's not like Trump's American nationalism, which empowers the individual families and society, but nationalism based on propaganda that empowers the state. That's the difference. The upshot of all this, boycotts force Russia into fewer alliances with shadier characters such as Iran and China. Remember what boycotts led the Japanese to do it led to Pearl Harbor. Now, I'm not saying that was a good thing or a bad thing necessarily. I'm just saying that's what happens. So it, it led to World War II. And uh, if you think World War III is not a possibility when we are dealing with China or Russia or both, think again. Three action steps. Number one, tune out all news on Ukraine except that which dives in deep with meaningful analysis. Number two, take action now. Volunteer and donate time and money to specific leaders, not the RNC, not, not um, Republican um, organizations necessarily at all, but specific leaders that you believe in who put America first on the international scene. Number three, inform yourself with news and opinion services like uh, Charlie Kirk, Eric Metaxas, Daniel Horowitz, Steve Bannon, The Epic Times, The New American, which is an excellent magazine, Epic Times uh, newspaper as well, and of course this podcast, No PC Allowed. Vladimir Putin said this. He said, let's imagine Ukraine is a NATO member and starts these military operations. Are we supposed to go to war with the NATO bloc? Has anyone given that any thought? Apparently not, unquote. But regardless of where we are right now, due to Vice President Brandon's total bumbling intentional incompetence, President Trump said this. He said, and I quote, Putin views U.S. as weak now. That would not happen at all with me as president. There are 160 different countries crossing illegally into the U.S. now, unquote. And that is the real story. That is the tragic story. That is the vitally important story that is not being looked at nearly enough. Thank you for listening to this maiden voyage, my very first podcast of No PC Allowed. I am Mac Iverson, and I will see you next week and every week.